For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and I can't be mad at the Yankees for dropping the fourth in a four-game set because the first three games were so damn exciting. It's hard to be angry at this team right now, and I'm really going to not be. They have dealt with endless adversity. More of it came this weekend. The only day they didn't punch back was Sunday. They could have lost Thursday, Friday, Saturday, took them all, lost Sunday's game. But you know, what can you do? Can't win every day. And the Boston Red Sox loss on Sunday was way worse than ours. So take solace in that. We're going to talk Luis Heal, Steven Ridings, the breakout pitchers, the people we lost on Sunday in the path forward. Uh, but at this point, it's hard to doubt this team's mojo, even with the people they've lost. So stick with it. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review. Along with the mailbag question, we'll be more than happy to answer it. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Didn't, you know, have a lot of fun watching the offense on Sunday with Luke Voigt in Anthony Rizzo's place. Hopefully, it's not a one-for-one swap. That is the reason for the struggles. I don't think it was. The offense wasn't exactly red hot prior either, but they just have a different feel these days where you know, um, you know, you watch the old Yankees, you know they could go six shutout innings followed by three shutout innings. Now you kind of feel like there's always a chance. They're, they're never dead, even when they die. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's just a different team entirely. It's the old New York Yankees, the ones that were beating up on starting pitchers and wearing them down and getting on base and four-run uh, four deficits were never really a concern because you knew you were getting at least two uh, – two uh, runners on base in terms of traffic the next inning with a power hitter coming up to the plate. So one swing of the bat changes the entire complexion of the game. Um, I'm really liking the vibes at this point. I told myself I wasn't going to get mad at yesterday's loss. Why? How are you going to get mad? You win the first three games of the series and then the mayor. It, do, it, it is frustrating because the Mariners it did suck and they did they laid that baby out on a silver platter for us. And all it was going to take was Luke Voigt putting a ball in play on two separate occasions or 
maybe Aaron Judge coming through with a hit uh, here and there, which he, he hasn't maybe. entirely looked great. But um, what are you going to do? Three wins out of that four game series against a team that you're directly competing with in the wild card uh, before heading to Kansas City. I'll surely take it. Got a big series against the White Sox. Uh, but before we get into all this, we have to. Well, we're getting we're getting some signal from from outside outside the uh, outside planet Earth. Attention, listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet. That's apparently the uh, the new climate uh, initiative. We got to get the pubes out of this out of Earth <laughs> to the next planet, pube planet beyond Pluto with the performance package 4.0 the orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming join the two million men worldwide who trust manscape and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscape.com for 20 percent off and free shipping with the code fansided 20 that's a deal folks and you're gonna need it we're in the middle of summer if you haven't already gotten on the bandwagon now is the time. We got a month left of partying, doing all the fun. You got to take care of yourself. The fourth generation trimmer features cu- a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, which is very important, guys. We've all been there with the head trimmers. You really don't want to use those. You want the protection. The ceramic blade offers it. Um, it also comes uh, with a uh, 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off uh, switch that can engage a travel lock, and it's even waterproof. Do it in the shower. Hide your mess. It's it's really perfect. Uh, the Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4,000K LED spotlight, so if you're really feeling up to it and you want to challenge yourself after being experienced with the grooming activities, you do it in the dark. The options are really endless. So if you're interested, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off. Pretty good deal and free shipping. You don't have to pay UPS with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For for a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Pretty good deal. It's like the Yankees getting all their rival teams to pay for all the players they got at the deadline. Yeah. You know, it's cheap. It's cheaper than you think it's going to be. It's not so bad. Uh, the Yankees have three lefties who are being paid for by their old teams at this moment. Although one of them is currently out of the lineup. Anthony Rizzo, the latest Yankee to hit the COVID IL. Uh, can't say I didn't see this one coming. You're not lucky with the timing. You're never lucky with the timing. He looked to be slumping a little bit prior to this news breaking. He will miss 10 days. He will miss the doubleheader against the Red Sox. It's all quite frustrating. But as much as we love Rizzo and we need him back as soon as possible, this is why you hold on to Luke Voigt. Uh, Luke Voigt has struggled this season. He's been trying to do too much at times. He is not a lefty, I understand. But the downgrade from Rizzo to Voigt, who was the home run champion last year, is not the same as the downgrade from Rizzo to Chris Gittens, who we also like, but is not exactly a guy with the same pedigree. Uh, and... We lo- Look, some people have carte blanche. As soon as they become Yankees, they're almost immune to criticism. Rizzo is one of those guys because of what he did in his first series and the winning that has followed his acquisition. He has not quite been as flaming in the games that followed the Marlin series as he was in that initial burst. Uh, he changes the depth of the lineup with the lefty presence he provides, but it's not like the wins in the Mariner series and Orioles series were with a peak version of Rizzo. 
the Yankees stepped yeah. up in many different ways to wrap that O series. The Yankees barely hit in the Mariner series, but found their bats at opportune times. Joey Gallo did the job in that first game. Uh, the second one was, you know, the number of opportunities squandered in later innings before Brett Gardner finally came through. Uh, the Yankees tied that game in the eighth on, you know, walk, walk, hit by pitch, sack fly by judge who has struggled in higher leverage appearances this year. Um, you know, it, it doesn't feel good that the first loss in a long stretch was with Rizzo on the shelf. And it definitely doesn't feel good that he's missing that Red Sox doubleheader. The Yankees are still trying to track down the Red Sox, but as Boston struggles more and, you know, as the Yankees succeed with a pitching first opportunity to continue to succeed and with Joey Gallo in the lineup and, and bats returning at various stages uh, over the next couple of weeks and just the team feeling different in its entirety and more inspired and feeling like a team that knows it can win now using these different names like Clay Holmes, like Steven Ridings, like Jonathan Loisaga in the closers role. Didn't even mention the role as Chapman's gone with elbow inflammation. Like, did, did an injury, has an injury ever affected you mentally less? Like, I just know this team somehow plays its best baseball when facing its most diversity. And I hope that doesn't change with Rizzo being swapped out for Voight, but I don't really see how it will. Um, Luke Voigt's a good baseball player. And as long as he keeps himself, you know, on the on the straight and narrow and on the up and up and, and isn't trying to overswing or anything like that, I, I might have put I might not have put Voigt in the five hole, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, I might have started him lower in the lineup. Mm -hmm. But Rizzo to Voigt is it's good player to good player. Yeah, it's I, it's there's obviously a difference, like you said, with although Luke Voigt played good defense yesterday. So if, if, if yeah. uh, Rugnan Odor decides to cover second base, we're talking about a highlight real day for Luke Voigt. Um, yeah, the overswinging is was the issue for me in those two instances when he came up to bat with runners on with a chance to kind of uh, give the it, with not a kind of it was it was fully to give the Yankees the lead. Uh, he was yeah. swinging out of his shoes. Um and he was he was ready to just uncork a grand slam and and uh, have the stadium erupt. But in reality, how many times have we talked about this? Just need to put the ball in play. That uh, it, it makes all the difference. We've seen the higher contact rates. Uh, we've said uh, Rizzo has gotten a couple of RBI ground outs so far this season. Like that's that's been all the difference. The Yankees have not done that all year. Um, but yeah, I'm not I, I'm not worried about the drop off. I want to see some more reps for Voight because uh, if we can get him kind of going. Um, and then switch him back to whatever platoon role he's going to be doing or DH slash first bait. I don't know what the deal is going to be when Rizzo's back and Stanton starts playing the field a little bit more, um, but you got to like the mix of sluggers that we can get in there, assuming that this lineup flexibility will exist. Um, and another note on Aaron Judge, he said he's struggling in high-pressure situations. Couldn't be more true with two outs and runners in scoring position, batting 207 with a 648 OPS, um, and in high leverage situations, batting 226 with a 630 OPS. Uh, it, yeah, zero home runs. Uh, one home run with two outs and runners in scoring position, zero home runs in high leverage situations. So, um, and in low leverage situations, uh, not saying that he just loves to perform when the stakes aren't as high, but his stats are much better. 292 with a 967 OPS, 16 home runs. So uh, it, it's clear that... Uh, the, the the eye test has not been lying to us with Aaron Judge, um, and I know that he's coming back off the COVID list. He had a little bit of a long layoff, um, so it's never easy to just jump back and get into the groove of things. But uh, something's clearly been afoot with him. Uh, hopefully he can get back on track. But 
the importance of Rizzo. Rizzo was picking guys up. He's been playing all year. He's definitely been motivated to be imported to a contender that is looking for a boost. Uh, he provides that energy. He provides that presence. Um, so uh, hopefully over this stretch where we are without him, we got a tough series against uh, the White Sox coming up uh, later this week too. Um, some of these other guys can step up. And this is what I like about the team. They're not but when they are not at full strength and they're facing adversity, they just, they inherently perform better. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the the, the different personalities that are there. It's guys who are w- excited to take the field and willing to make an impact kind of like what we were looking at early in, uh, earlier in uh, July with, with Greg Allen and Ryan Lamar. Um, but uh, hopefully this gets the guys who aren't entirely at their best right now on on some sort of springboard because they have more of an opportunity and then when we're at full strength everybody's kind of rocking and we can get we can really get things going because only six and a half sounds like a lot but six and a half out of first with the Rays and only two and a half back of the Red Sox guys like it's all it's going to take like we said is a little bit of a run the Yankees are currently on it right now hopefully they can continue it and put some more pressure on those teams and it's not really two and a half back of the Red Sox and we could talk about them uh you know very shortly because there's some reassessing to do in the AL East picture. Like I said, I'm not excited for that double header against the Sox or whatnot, just because I don't like playing the Red Sox, but we are in a very different place now than we were even two weeks. It was two weeks ago that we got on the horn and talked about how they overcame the four, nothing deficit in the Domingo Herman game. And what an embarrassing, we lost a no hitter at Fenway. This is the death knell of the season, et cetera. And I think we were what nine and a half back at that point. Yeah. Does that feel right? Like it, we were significantly further back than we could have been. The the Boston Red Sox have done everything I've dreamed they would all year long. And I, I thought it might take two months for them to pile up this many losses. They've done it in, in two weeks. Um, when they started their series against the Rays last Friday, they were in first place. They relinquished it. Uh, now they are five games in the loss column behind Tampa Bay. And they face Tampa this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, that should be interesting for everybody involved. The Toronto Blue Jays are for real. Yeah. Uh, the, the New York Yankees, I think, are for real since early, since mid-July. I guess since the Astros series, there have been some disasters mixed in there. But by and large, since the Astros road series and maybe even since the Mariner series before it, they have been mostly back to life. They have been one of the best teams in the American League. They are winning games by a razor thin margin. They are not playing that many blowouts in games that have been decided by two runs or less. They're something like 39 and 22, which is somewhat insane. Speaks to having a better bullpen than most people think. And the reason people think they might not have a great bullpen and we get frustrated is because bullpens are going to blow closed games from mm-hmm. time to time. That's how bullpens work. It's unfortunate. It's frustrating. You feel like you had a win and, and you didn't. But it, the more close games you're in, the more likely your bullpen is to blow it. So the Yankees have played a ton of close games. They might be this year's team that rises to the occasion down the stretch, which would be weird because of how rarely they rose to the occasion until mid-July. The Aroldis Chapman game that I thought ended the season was like June 30th into July 1st. Mm. It wasn't that long ago that all the breaks were bouncing the wrong way. And it was two weeks ago, again, two weeks ago that that Herman game at Fenway occurred. Since then, the Yankees have blitzed to, like you said, two and a half games back at the Red Sox, but it's one game in the loss column now. Mm -hmm. One. And the Red Sox went on the road to Toronto this week 
and showed us why, you know, the Yankees are, are getting by and getting lucky and they have a more balanced lineup than they did a couple weeks ago. And, and other new names have stepped up like Luis Heel, like Clay Holmes, like Steven Ridings. The, the middle innings of the bullpen are more interesting than they used to be. There's a lot of weird stuff going on, but the Toronto Blue Jays are just bludgeoning people. And I don't know what the Blue Jays bullpen situation looks like moving forward either, but I do know that they doled out on Sunday. Uh, uh, the kind of loss that the Red Sox took is the kind of loss the Yankees were taking in the first three months of the season. Uh, up eight four, up 7-2 in the middle innings, up 8-4 in the seventh. Uh, goes down to 8-6, down to 9-8 in a blink with a 2-2 fastball to George Springer. Uh, hits it out deep left center. Uh, somehow the Blue Jays save that one. Romano is a reliable closer. The rest of the Blue Jays bullpen, I don't know what they are. But with George Springer and with Vlad Jr. MVP mode, uh, Bo Bichette didn't even play in that game. Toronto is deep. Toronto powers past uh, other teams. And I, I don't think it's going to be long before we're more worried about Toronto down the stretch than Boston. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll throw it to you for your thoughts on that exact situation. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to the Inkscale Yard Podcast. Thomas Carinante, are you with me? Are you more worried about the Blue Jays and what's to come than the Red Sox and what has passed? Every Red Sox matchup is still special, and I'm still nervous because I, I hate them and I want nothing but the worst for them. I couldn't even really root against the Blue Jays when it might have helped us for the two teams to split the series just because I want to I want to get rid of the Red Sox now, and then I'll, I'll, I'll deal with the Blue Jays. But we thought we knew the reality of the wild card situation. It kind of felt like Yankees at Rays or Yankees at Red Sox both spooky. Now the Rays are, are edging forward even without Tyler Glass now. The Red Sox are now in the second wild card spot. Yankees at Oakland or even Blue Jays at Yankees or Yankees in Toronto is starting to feel more likely than the old matchups. And it's only August 9th. There's a lot of time left for this to flip. But are you now more Blue Jays focused than Sox focused? I've been uh, in my head. I've been more Blue Jays focused all year. Why? This team is younger. This team is definitely more uh, it's, it's the, the rosters deeper than the Red Sox, the Red Sox. How long have we talked about through the first half of the season? Yes. We were incredulous that at some point they were what 22 games over 500 and we wanted to slam our head into a brick wall, but the holes on the Red Sox are obvious. They don't have that good of a bullpen. They have a very bad starting rotation. I don't care how you splice it. It's, it's a bunch of four ERA dudes and it's Nathan Eovaldi overperforming. Um, Chris sales coming back. Great. Hope it's a good time for you folks in Boston, but I just don't know how much uh, of an oomph you're going to get from a guy coming off Tommy John surgery, playing the last six weeks of the season. Um, I am only scared of the Red Sox from a mental edge. I think they have the moxie. Mm -hmm. I think they have the manager. I think they have the attitude to kick our ass. I don't think they have the talent to kick our ass, which is why I was excited after the trade deadline because it seemed like we made those uh, those foundational changes um, with the, with the culture that that needed to be adjusted in order to help us on that. But I've always been worried about the Blue Jays. We've been talking about this for a while. This team is not going anywhere anytime soon. And weeks back before the trade deadline, 
We talked about how this team patched up a very, very big deficiency of theirs in their bullpen. They lost all those guys in the beginning of the year. Kirby Yates, David Phelps, Julian Merriweather. The list goes on and on. And they went out and they got Trevor Richards from the Brewers and they got Adam Simber from the Marlins. And that kind of kicked things off, showing exactly where the Blue Jays stand, what, how they kind of believed in themselves. And they did that early on. I think that was... One of those deals was early. It was like between early and mid-July. So they got ahead of the curve. And then at the deadline, they got um, Joachim Soria and Brad Hand. I know they're not the two sexiest options, but guess what, guys? That's veteran experience, a lot of veteran experience in the back end of the bullpen, something that they were lacking entirely. And if you want to talk about the Blue Jays from a league-wide perspective, just go to the league leaderboard on any baseball reference, ESPN. You'll see all guys are up there. Hinjin Rayu. Is eleventh in all of ML uh, is a uh, fourth in MLB with eleven wins. I know wins are kind of a BS stat, but that shows that he's either getting run support or he's performing well. Then you go to home runs, Vlad Guerrero, second in MLB with thirty five. You go to hits, Bo Bichette is fourth with one hundred and twenty eight. You go to strikeouts, fucking Robbie Ray is fifth in MLB in strikeouts. So, like. They have guys at Robbie Ray also has 16 quality starts, which is tied for third in MLB with Zach Wheeler, which is mind blowing. So um, we, we talked about how the Blue Jays had rotation and bullpen issues. And guess what they did? They fixed both of those things. If you want to talk about the rotation, they went out and they got Jose Barrios at the trade deadline. Whether whether they overpaid for that in your mind or not, doesn't really matter. They have another quality starter. They got Al Noah, their top prospect, who's been performing well most of the year. Um, and they even have depth here with Steven Matz and Ross Stripling. Again, not the sexiest options, but guys who have a lot of MLB experience and guys who will give you a good outing if they probably need to. Um, so I've always been more worried about uh, the Blue Jays. I think that they're very comfortable in their skin. They know who they are. Their front office is very aware of what is needed to kind of get them to the next level. I know that they probably don't think they're World Series contenders right now, um, but they have a much better foundation than they did in the beginning of the year, and they're a scary team in terms of talent. And now that they have this veteran, these, this veteran edge in the starting rotation and in the bullpen, it really makes you wonder what, what, what's going to happen down the stretch. Am I, uh, am I worried about facing them? I think the Yankees probably are better, um, but George Springer is going to haunt me for just about ever, and that's not going to go away. And Vladdy has been kicking our ass for years now. This is now the third year, so um, it's going to be more difficult. I'm more scared of the Blue Jays from a talent perspective. I'm more scared of the Red Sox from a, a mental perspective. Yeah, but the Blue Jays seem to have the mental edge on the Red Sox, which is True. helpful. Yeah, um, I like that. You know, I like that. The, the Blue Jays are coming up beside, but beside us, behind us, uh, whatever you want. The A's are threatening to pass the Astros in yeah. the division. By the way, um, buoyed by a light schedule, so who knows? You know what that really means. But we, we, you know that that race is also not decided. Um, we're talking on August 9th just because. Um, it, it felt like a lot of the inevitabilities were sorted out in the first half. It did kind of feel like we were just going to sleepily work our way to the finish line. You know, uh, Barrios is a nice addition, but is it really going to vault anybody past anything? And they did pay too much. But then all of a sudden, you know, every part of that team is engaged. The Blue Jays and Yankees are essentially projected to finish the season in the exact same manner. Um, I'm not sure, you know, you can, the projections don't account for what the Red Sox uh you know, what they've looked like lately and, and how bad these losses are. And that's why the projections are good because they don't take emotional swings. Um, I think we have a, a hell of a race in the AL East. 
This division, I don't know if the division is locked up, but I do think the Rays should be the relatively heavy favorite at this point. Um, but the wild card picture is completely different than it used to be. Kudos to both the Yankees and Blue Jays for making the necessary moves to at least be involved. You can't say that neither is prepared now for what is coming. Uh, as far as when we face the Jays, when we have to deal with them, September 6th through 9th, the Yankee Stadium coming directly off of an Orioles series, which will hopefully be a confidence booster coming off of a West Coast swing where we go through Oakland and the Angels, which, you know, I didn't want to be nervous about that Oakland series. It's four games. There's only two night games, which is helpful. You hate those West Coast games. They're 940. They're not 10 o'clock. That probably doesn't make much of a difference. We do go to Toronto for the first and only time this year, September 28th through 30th. Based on the tightness of these races, I don't think a lot's going to be decided at that point. Um, so you want your Yankees to be as full strength as possible. I don't know. You know, you can't bank on on returnees, but but the COVID list returnees should all be back in full form at that point. Garrett Cole is throwing as per his wife's Instagram video. Um, and, you know, those guys, you hope you hope that the Yankees don't go through a fourth and fifth outbreak uh, of COVID-19. It'd be nice if they didn't. The one person who we can't really speak with any confidence about right now about their availability down the stretch is Glaber Torres, who hurt, I believe, his his thumb uh, on an unnecessary slide on a steal of second on Sunday. Aaron Boone is concerned about the MRI results, as am I. I, I we have not seen Glaber Torres all year, really, look mm -hmm. like Glaber Torres is supposed to. He was finally hitting about 500 these past few days with without his trademark power, still different player, still a utility infielder type, even when he's heating up. But without Glaber Torres, the alternative is going to be something like LeMahieu at third when his triceps heals, Odor at second, and Gio Urshela at short, perhaps. I'm not positive, but I do know that I, I don't know if I would expect Glaber Torres for large portions of the remainder of the year. And I'm getting that out before the news officially drops. I'm very concerned. Yeah, it's definitely... It's definitely something to be concerned about just because it, it once again, never ends. We're still never feeling, ends. There's, there's something every single day, every other day. There's something uh, I know we haven't seen. We've seen glimpses of what we, what we used to think labor Torres was um, in terms of the power um, and the aggression at the plate. Uh, I'm not saying he was starting to heat up, but um, he was registering a lot. He was registering a bunch of hits. He was getting on base. He was batting in runs when we needed him. A couple sack flies here and there um, against Baltimore. He had two RB. Uh, he had four RBIs in those final two games. And then he had a crucial RBI against the Mariners in that series opener. Um, uh, five, uh, five multi-hit games over the last seven or uh, four multi-hit games over the last six. Uh, so it was certainly, and his defense has been, his defense has been a little bit better. Uh, it also helped that Anthony Rizzo's at first base, scooping those balls out of the dirt. So you have to think that that was helping with his confidence. Um, I'm not entirely excited about it. I don't like DJ LeMahieu at third base. I want DJ LeMahieu entrenched at second so his bat can get back on track because I think him going from first to third to second and over and over again has been affecting him at the plate. Um, also, I just don't know. This is... It's certainly frustrating. I don't know. He was shaking his thumb as, as if it was. I, hopefully, this is a precautionary MRI for the first time in Yankees history where they're actually going to send somebody to to see what might be wrong instead of being like, "Oh, we'll send you for an MRI now that now that your thumb is a is a the size of a balloon." Yeah. Um, but I don't think this would be this would not be good for the Yankees at all, even with how not great Torres has largely been this year. Um, they need a true, a true, a, a true version of a shortstop. He's, he's the truest on the roster. 
Um, and I think that the postseason is a different story and down the stretch is a different story. When you're getting at bats from guys farther down the order, like Glaber caliber dudes, um, it, it re- the lengthening of the lineup really makes the difference in the postseason. We've seen it every single year over the last five years. You look at teams like the Astros, you look at teams like the Dodgers, you know, the, the game is never over for them in the games. Look at the Yankees, even from 2017 on, like they, they have blown it in the playoffs a number of times, but they're always in the game because the lineup is so deep and playoff baseball is very different. You're, you're zoned in on every pitch, literally every pitch matters. So to lose at bats, even though he hasn't been that great this year, once again, uh, he's got his average up to 253, but he's OPSing 679, not great for Gleyber Torres, but you have to look forward and realize that the lengthening of the lineup is the most important thing as we approach the end of the season and missing him, I think will be a big loss. Even if we are, even if he's not performing that well, because him still getting that protection from other guys in the lineup could have helped him see some pit. Well, will hopefully I'm not, I'm not ruling out. I'm not ruling. Uh, I'm not deciding that we're not going to see him for, uh, a remainder of the year. I think he could be out for a couple weeks, but um, mm-hmm. having him protected around those guys later in the year when pitchers are examining the Yankees lineup a lot more closely to avoid giving up that long ball, I think that could have benefited him down the stretch. So all the best to him. I, I really hope we're not dealing with another BS injury because this team is decimated as it is. And we're already going into Kansas city with a bit of a skeleton crew. So um, hopefully he's all right. Just give him the time he needs. You, we, no need to rush him back if we if Gio Gio's coming back on Wednesday, I think. So yeah, uh, we'll have the necessary reinforcements then. When he took that one handed at bat on Sunday, though, that I I was pretty concerned. It, yeah. it looked like nothing on first blush, and you were wondering why he was so injured and why he was shaking it out, and then. You know, he he can barely get it together. He's got this crazy splint uh, that they made out of like a, a pile of foam just like taped to his hand. And you're like, all right, that doesn't look great. Like, I, I do think it's the thumb and not the wrist, which is a short term and not necessarily a long term worry. Uh, I don't I've never heard of a thumb injury ruining someone's career, so I'm not going to think about it. But this was a, you know. Are they going to go for a high dollar shortstop this offseason? Are they going to invest in Glaber Torres? Are they going to move him around the diamond? He's going to be their second baseman next year. And, and Gio gets traded and LeMay Hugh plays third. I mean, I, there are a lot of things on the table. I don't know what the solution is, but I know it's a lot harder to make that argument and, and figure it out and use the data available if Torres is going to miss the last two months of the season. So hopefully this is the one time where concern is not warranted with a Yankee injury. I feel like... Whether Torres and whether, uh, you know, the, the currently injured Yankees are available or not, I do feel as if this is weirdly a team that has more of a chance to succeed in the postseason than any they've put together in recent years if they are even able to get there. Um, the pitching goes deeper. It just does. And yeah. so this is the part of the podcast where I just do want to show some love to some people who have been extremely impressive. The Yankees are going on this winning streak, by the way, and the Orioles are not you know, top level, upper echelon competition. I understand that, but it's not easy to pitch to a major league team. The Orioles hit the Orioles hit the Rays all weekend long. They lost those games because the bullpen and the rotation are both terrible. uh, And the Rays came back in the later innings repeatedly, but the Orioles Homer, like everybody else, the Orioles have major league hitters. The Orioles have Cedric Mullins. who's having one of the best offensive seasons in baseball. The Yankees pitching staff without Garrett Cole, Jordan Montgomery and Domingo Herman were able to shut them down this week. 
they had to go with Luis Heel, who deserves all the credit in the world and has yet to allow an earned run in two starts in his major league career. The Yankees had to do it with Nestor Cortez Jr. The Yankees had to do it with a full bullpen game against the Seattle Mariners, who are in the wild card race right behind them. A game started by Wandy Peralta. They had to do it with Andrew Heaney, who we've shown a lot of hate to through two starts, but who gave up four runs through two innings and then ended up going six innings on Saturday in a game where the team desperately needed him to with, I believe, nine strikeouts. Overall, a fine start. The, the Orioles say what you will about him. They can hit. You can't say the same, like... You can't get angry and discount the Mariners games. The Mariners have battled all year long, even when their front office tried to dissect them and turn them apart and trade their closer to a division rival. That's a wild card contender. That's a team right behind you in the standings. And a split would have left these two teams basically even up. The Yankees beat them without their offensive full capacity. The Mariners have a good bullpen, a good solid young offense, a good rotation. The Yankees took three out of four with very inferior pitching options on the table. So I don't want to hear it about the Orioles, really, but I definitely don't want to hear it about the Mariners. And you got to give Luis Heel, again, two shutouts to start his major league career. Coming off a bad start at the AAA level, he looks uniquely poised. He spins that fastball we were talking about the other day in much the same way that Garrett Cole does. It's very interesting. Steven Ridings and Clay Holmes, in the sixth and seventh innings of these games, I already trust both of these people. Obviously, in close games, relievers are going to have trouble on occasion. They have done nothing to prove to me that they don't deserve to be trusted. Um, Heel, Ridings, and Holmes have all shown me uh, more than something. They are arms I already trust to lengthen the rotation and deepen the pen. And when you have Luis Severino back, the difference is the Yankees are not counting on Luis Severino to be a savior in the way the Red Sox are counting on Chris Sale to be a savior. I think Chris Sale is going to go five great innings a lot uh, down the stretch perhaps even six. I don't know if Luis Severino can go more than four or five effective innings at a time, but I know that they don't need him to be a savior. They need him to be Luis Severino for four innings every couple of days because they can piggyback heel. They can go Severino for four or five and Holmes for two, etc. There are plenty of paths to the end of games for Yankees with Severino and Kluber as shortened versions of themselves. I am very heartened about what the Yankees could look like in late August, early September, if you like what you see now. Yeah, and maybe even a Severino heel uh, double start where you have both of those guys go go three four innings a pop and then go to the go to go to your elite relievers. Even though at this yeah. point I don't really know who the elite relievers are beyond Jonathan Loisaga. Um Nonetheless, uh, I, I I know it sounds it sounds like recency bias because we're sitting here and like oh this guy's been good so we have to keep him. The the difference is the manner in which they have been good, the manner in which Luis Heal, Stephen Ridings, and Clay Holmes have been good. Um, a big issue with the Yankees pitching staff, even with Garrett Cole at times, is passiveness, the reluctance to attack hitters. I know Garrett Cole mostly does that, but there are times where you see he's trying to dance around the zone. He's trying to attack the corners. And it's like, dude, you throw 99 and you're filthy. Just attack that. Just attack the number eight hitter. Like it doesn't matter. Luis Heal was attacking in his two starts was attacking the best hitters on both of these teams. Once again, the Orioles, yes, not great. They don't have slouches. They have very good guys in the lineup. Cedric Mullins, all-star caliber player. Trey Mancini, very good player. I know he's fallen off a little bit, but still a major league slugger. Um, Ryan Mountcastle has been heating up over the last month or so. These, these guys can hit the ball. And then you look at the Mariners, you got guys like Mitch Haniger, very good. Um, uh, hold on, I have it right here. Uh, Abraham Toro, new acquisition for them. He's He's been tremendous. 
Kyle Seeger, not the greatest, but major league hitter hitting, hitting the ball. Well, Ty France, very surprising season from him too. So those, those are, those guys are eons better than what he's been facing in the minor leagues. And the, the most encouraging aspect of all this too, is a guy like heel who's had one of the worst walk rates in the minors has not been having trouble with that. The major league level. In fact, he's been striking out a shit ton of batters and challenging hitters, attacking the zone with his fastball. Um, burning them with like 94 mile an hour changeups. His slider dips, dips out of the zone at the last second. Um, I, I love the stuff that I'm seeing. I love that he's confident in his stuff. And you want to talk about Steven Ridings again, another guy who very, very emotional on the mound uh, hits triple digits, attacks the top of the zone. Will is not scared to blow the fastball by you. Um, it, it's just, it, it's a breath of fresh air in terms of the, the types of performances we've seen from the pitching staff over the last couple of years with, I, I, I look, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I've noticed that that's my biggest problem. It's like when you're, when you get down to the bottom of the order, just attack. There's no reason to try to dance around guys, pound the zone, trust the defense, especially if you're a good pitcher, there's no reason not to, if you're throwing slop, it's a different story. You're trying to dance around the hitters. I get it. If you have an overpowering fastball, if you have a powerful slider, there is no reason you should be trying to paint the corners for against every batter. Attack the zone. Luis Heal was well, a perfect, perfect uh, example of it yesterday with the bases loaded after that. Uh, was it bases loaded after that error? Is it, the, it, it ended up with we ended yeah, up. With he walked, yeah, he so, walked. Yeah. So it was that error uh, from uh, it was charged to void. God knows. God knows how he yeah. perfect throw. Uh, empty put, second baseman. Yeah. Empty. Nobody decided to cover second base. Uh, double play would have ended the inning. Instead, that puts runners on first and third. And then he'll walks the next batter. Um, And there's one out. And what does he do for for the next for the next couple batters? He. Oh, God. Um, he strikes out Dylan Moore and he gets Jake Bowers to ground out and he was attacking both of those hitters. He attacked with his fastball. He attacked with the slider. So um, in so many other instances, especially with the bullpen, you'll see guys try to dance around it. I mean, Lucas Lickie did not do a good job when he was, when he was dealt a bad hand uh, thanks to Odor's error late in the game. Um, yeah. I, I like the moxie. I like the confidence I'm seeing from these guys. I want them to remain up. I don't know how you make it work, especially with Severino and Kluber coming back. Um, don't know what they're going to do with Domingo Herman, but I love the energy that's coming up. And I like the, more importantly, the future of what, of what these guys can bring is arguably the most encouraging. Yeah. I like 2022 a lot. I like 2021 as of now, I like the last month and a half of 2021 to, to a certain extent, I like 2022 and 2023 a ton, especially you look across all levels of the minor leagues. The, the worst performing minor league team is the AAA uh, Scranton Rail Riders, who are 49 and 30. That's the worst performing minor league team. But Hudson Valley's 30 games over. The, <laughs> Tampa's 30 games over. Yeah. These teams are nasty, and, and there's talent top to bottom. And We're going to be seeing Clark Schmidt soon, I believe. I think... Um, you know, I don't know if there's room for Clark Schmidt, but I, I do think we're going to see Clark Schmidt ready soon. Davey Garcia hasn't even been a player this year since the very early portions of the season when he did manage to appear in a couple of spot starts. Uh, and it's been sad. You know, I, I wish that he had been a, a better performer and was on fire and ready to help us out, but it hasn't much mattered now, has it? Because we do have different levels of depth and different people who are ready to come up and contribute. Um, I, we didn't even talk really about Saturday's game and and how like straight up inexplicable it was that uh, what occurred 
in that game. Uh, that's not it. That's not a game. This team wins back in the day. They don't have a pitcher who at the back end of the rotation who is able to overcome its struggles internally and not let it spiral. They don't have an offense that's able to level headed, look at things and get a weird break like that Odor Homer and actually capitalize and go all the way instead of going part of the way. This Yankees team love to go half measures and almost make it to the finish line and almost make you think they were going to come back until getting to a high leverage situation and usually putting it in Aaron Judge's bat. And then you go, oh, no, did make it to the end. Sorry, unfortunately, can't get there. Now they are completing the comeback. Now they have pitchers who can hold people down in the middle and end of game innings and without a role to Chapman, uh, without other people they intended to uh, you know, rely on as the season began, without the version of Chad Green we thought we had. Um, they've still managed to persevere. What a week. Hopefully it continues before they go to the field of dreams, which is going to be weird and face the white Sox, who are extremely good. There's no Friday game. That's strange. That's going to feel jarring. They go to Kansas city first couple of the pitchers are left undetermined, but that's the way we like it. This season just keeps getting stranger and stranger. But when we add instead, when we subtract major league talent and add confusing minor league depth and trade deadline pieces, things only get better. So stick it out with us. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. Went a little long today. Thomas Carinante, this is your farewell pod. For the time being, you are going to be back. We're going to be taking a little bit of a break. Uh, but where can fans find you in the interim? And are you going to be responding angrily on Twitter even when you're on your honeymoon, please say no, but you are going to do it anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be tough because I'm going to be in another country, so I will need the internet to see what the Yankees are doing, which would mean I would have to be in my hotel room. So we'll we'll see what happens. But anyway, you can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Um, I'll be there for tonight. We got the Royals on deck. Um, you can also hit us up on the official Yanks Guard Twitter account. I will not be there, but at Yanks Go Guard FS is where you can chat with us. You can also head on over to YanksGoYard.com. We got plenty of content for you coming out. Um, and a lot of interesting topics and scenarios to consider over the next six weeks as the season heads down the stretch, guys. Um, enjoy the next week and a half without me. Uh, hopefully we get a nice series win against the Royals before we head into uh, the Field of Dreams game with the White Sox before the, uh, those two games in Chicago. Um, I'm feeling the good vibes. Yankees hopefully come to full strength, and then we really hit uh, a nice run here. And then we're talking about putting pressure on the Rays, which I'm kind of looking forward to because they're really, I, I think we could do it. I, re, I really think we could do it. They're banged up and we should be able to take advantage of it. We've gotten them the last couple times we've gone head to head. This is mostly a vibes team right now. That's the only concern. They're vibe related and, and maybe not necessarily talent related, uh, but there's talent there. There's flashes. Let's harness it. Let's keep moving forward. We'll see you on Wednesday with a nice guest host. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.